You'll never know All the people, places, things that you'll see with another episode of People, Places, and Things, a podcast about the dope people, cool places to visit, and fun things to do in Kansas City and beyond. I am your host, Shay Moore. Today, I'm talking with Ryan S. Harvey. He's a motivational speaker, a single dad, and a lover of Kansas City. We dig in deep about how your mindset controls your behaviors and creates the world that you live in. Let's do a little word association. Okay. Kansas City. Missouri. The best. Amazing. Full of talent and untapped resources that everybody believes is everywhere else. Black man. The most amazing creation next to a black woman. Purpose. The essence of life. Passion. The process of life. Connection. The energy of life. Those words were deliberate. This is our first time meeting in person. Absolutely. But your name has been mentioned to me time and time and time again. And I'm like, who the heck is this Ryan Harvey person? That's dope. Tell me Mm -hmm. your Kansas City story. Born and raised here. Raised on 27th and Monroe. Five years old. My dad died. I think before I was even maybe 13, all the older men my family were dead. My family is very small. I have half brothers and sisters, but in my close-knit family, it's only me, my little brother, and my grandmothers, and my mom. And so everybody that I could maybe look at as to find my starting point of what a man looked like, or what he was about, what he stood for, how he moved, what he did, how he took care of his family, how he took care of his woman in his life, all those things were foreign to me. What do you think the absence of a male role model in your life did for you as a young man and how it's affected you as an adult? I think it was good. I'm a single father raising an 11 year old girl by myself. And so I have people like Wesley, you know, that are also single fathers. That's my guy. Right. And so we talk almost every day and we bounce ideas and things off of each other just to keep each other in line. But I think me in hindsight, I understand what being a father is more now and how important it is, because as a man, we are built and molded to protect and provide. Right. And so if we conquer things, we give the opportunity or we bless our children with the opportunity to learn the lesson from that and to never face that. Right. And so. Uh, The absence of my father and any male role model in my early stages subjected me to bumping my head and trying to figure out what that looked like for myself. And so because of conversations or hearing things or being exposed to things helped mold my decision. Man, I made a lot of mistakes. I was a liar. I was a fraud. Right. Because I didn't know who I was. I was still trying to find it. So anybody on the outside looking in, Ryan, you ain't. You be lying. You fraud. I'm still trying to find myself. So you're right. I guarantee you I'm not who I'm supposed to be because I'm still trying to find who he is. I've never heard anyone admit 
to being a liar and a fraud. Absolutely. What happened to have you really be able to face those realities? Once you begin to really want something for yourself, you begin to talk to God about it. He tends to show you the things you need to work on in yourself. I got some real opinion from other people, constructive criticism for sure. But in a real way, we already know who we are. You know, we don't really need nobody's opinion about it. We already know. We know what we need to check. We know what we need to fix. We just go on autopilot and build a habit of doing nothing for so long that that becomes how we live, right? Until we actually decide to want something and we got to fix some things. It's like wanting to get married to a woman and right before it's time to get married, a whole bunch of stuff that you ain't deal with come out. I felt like God put me in a situation, having a real mentor, put me in a position to have to face me. Right. And so when somebody says, oh, Ryan, you fake. I was like, when did you know me? Oh, man. Back when you was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You right. I know who I was at all. But I guarantee you I'm willing to admit that and confidently show you the man I am now willing to stand on it. I had to get my child out of foster care in Olathe. All right. And it took me two and a half years. But after that, I had a white woman judge in Olathe petition everybody I had to deal with in those two and a half years, come and show me respect. Came off the stand, said, you are the most amazing man that has ever come into my courtroom. And everybody else that comes into my courtroom after you, I'm going to hold them to the standard you held yourself to. In front of my daughter, was she like, daddy, why are these white folks talking to you like this? It's like, because they respect me. And so when I hear black men say, man, the system is against us. Like, dog, you right. I get you, but only to a certain degree, because at least if you run into someone in this metropolitan area in the system you have to deal with, you're going to run into somebody that look like us that can nudge you in the right direction if they see you are responsible and accountable. But in Olathe, ain't nobody going to be able to figure you out there, regardless of how much schooling they didn't been to, how much cultural classes they didn't take in, whatever they they don't understand. So it's much harder to get people to understand the things and adversities you have to go through just to get to our visit. A week. I make sure that the man that I want to be, I stand on that in my tight knit circle first before I expand and start talking to other people's kids and all that. Like, I want my own child to be about something before I start talking to your kid. There's one thing to have a knowing of what you need to change. Is it natural for men? to look to other people for help. Because in my experience, it seems like women, we're always looking at self-help books. We're going to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, men don't have that same natural inclination. No, we don't. It's a struggle. Even with the mentor that I have now, we've got into arguments because he pushes me to places I don't want to go. And if I want to go where I say I do, I have to humble myself to teaching. And so sometimes us as black men, we don't want to be in a position where we have to say, I don't know. Ryan, how do women in relationships with black men, how can we be there for you to assist you, especially if we see that you could be more? And how do single mothers do the same for their young black boys that they're raising? This is a very long conversation because there are a lot of things that I think happened in our past that pushed things into the position they're in now. I think we would have valued ourselves way more if we never ended segregation. Like we had everything we needed, but we decided to say, let me go to this dining where they totally disrespect me just to try to eat food that ain't better than grandma's. Blows my mind. 
It doesn't matter how much a woman sees the potential. That does not matter. Who cares how much potential you see in me? If I don't see it in myself, you're going to frustrate yourself. You're going to be drinking poison hoping I get sick. Really? So what do we do? <laughs> if he if he doesn't see himself, then you must go, right? Because I'm not saying I'm the essence of relationships. I ain't even on no Steve Harvey stuff at all. But one thing I will ask, just simple and plain, my one question is, what is in your world? My mentor asked me this question. He's like, Ryan, if you could create a world, if God blessed you the way we believe he did, he blessed you with the opportunity to create, right? We can create our space. We can create opportunity. We can create resource. We can create anything on a small G level of God. And so he asked, what do you want? If you can create things, what do you want in your world? And I go, what do you mean, dog? Like, a nice life. Like, I want a nice car, a nice house. He's like, nah, man, that's the icing. I'm talking about the cake. What do you want in your life? Do you want happiness? Do you want love? Do you want marriage? Do you want a healthy life? What do you want in your world? And so I began to think about it for a long time. He's like, don't don't be super deep, simplistic. Like, say, man, I want good health. I want love. I want success. I want authenticity. And I want happiness. He's like, man, you won't get those things until you become it. Right. If like attracts like, I need you to figure out a way to absorb that where it oozes out of your pore, because that is the only way for you to get on the right frequency to get the things that you need and the things that you want. I'm in a position now of trying to control my life as much as I can and let God do the rest. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I focus on what somebody else's world looks like because I gotta find my own. I put myself in so many messed up situations because I didn't know how to define my own world living based off of somebody else's. And we running after what looks good in everybody else's world, what videos look like, what the song's talking about, what the music's talking about, what they say so-and-so look like as far as success. And so when we get blinded by that mirage and don't take the time to sit with ourselves, because most men ain't sitting with themselves, like, what you want, cuz? Like, not anybody else, but what do you, what do you want? You know what I mean? And, and finding out what that really looks like and the steps that you feel it takes to get there. I was asked that at 32. I'm 34. You know how many mistakes I've made? They weren't mistakes. So many learning experiences I've went through because I didn't have that. If I had that question at 12, 13, 14, where I could begin to think about what I want my world to look like, I'm. how much did we go through life and feel like we wasn't in control? Or we just felt like life just happened to us. But are we asking the right questions of ourselves, right? And so I just challenge a lot of men to ask themselves before another woman asks. Right. Because that's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> oh, my God. For women, it's almost habitual. Y'all about your business. Right. Because y'all usually in the position of having to take care of everything. Right. So most of the questions you have of a man that isn't built, hasn't built the habit of being responsible is questions about handling your business, which puts a man in a position of being asked questions that he didn't think about himself, which puts him in the position of looking like, are you really serious about the life you talking about? Boy, you gonna make me put a tithe on your cash app. <laughs> you know what I mean? And honestly, this is another thing because I'm still learning this too. If more women walked in grace, more men would walk in protection. Explain and that. I'm glad you asked that. Oh, and vice versa. If more men walked in protection and providing, more women would walk in grace. It goes hand in hand. Think about if your grandma walked in here right now, right? She wouldn't have to move a seat, touch the door. Uh, uh, 
if she was hungry, thirsty, anything, she wouldn't have to move a muscle, right? Because she walks in the essence of grace. You feel me? Where just naturally in a man's DNA, our instinct is to protect the essence of that, right? And so for me, I feel like if more women and men walked in the essence of who they are, the natural instinct of things would come out. But it's so many women that have been put in the position of having to protect and provide that it puts me in a position of, I got grace. This is nuts. I just had this conversation yesterday at Nisi's. The, the, the dudes be talking about, I, I got worth. Not to say that you don't, my brother, but you're not the, you're not the prize. So now it's become where men are feeling like I'm a prize too, right? Instead of it being, I want to protect the essence of which you are. Women can't even walk in grace no more because they gotta they gotta protect the kids. They gotta, they gotta provide. Their boots up yeah, no, they gotta I provide for the kids and stuff. So yesterday. the hardest woman to date is a single mother mm. because she's so used to wearing the pants. The last thing she's about to do is relinquish that to the possibility. She's for sure about her. She knows she didn't have to go through it. You wasn't there around when she was going through it. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym, as Ross say, right? And so when she was going through all that, nobody was around. It was just her lonely so the last thing regardless of how much she's into you the last thing she's about to do is relinquish this once she does that all she can do is walk in grace and hope that you protect her and if you ain't learned how to protect because the first person we got to learn how to protect is ourselves right and that comes with a whole we can go we can go physical we can go mental. We can go all that. So if you're not protecting yourself in the essence of who you are, women got to start asking the question and being more aware of, let me watch how you take care of you. And if you take care of you, then maybe I could trust you with allowing you to take care of me too. But if you can't take care of you, I don't understand why I'm going to add to your plate of things you got to deal with. Like my mom just got married. My mom went through a whole bunch of stuff. She was married prior. She's almost 60 and she's married to a man that... I wish I got to experience mm. as a kid. Homie is always calm, cool, collected, regardless of what happens. He is connected to himself and God, and he don't play no. He knows how to protect and provide. My mom moved out of her house and left all her stuff besides her clothes. But furniture, he, you don't need that. You don't need that. I got you. I'm protecting and providing for so how can we have that for our generation? Oh, my God. Because I don't know. I don't I see don't, that. I don't. I don't. It's out there. It's just not prevalent because those men are doing those things are so concerned about their household. The last thing they're trying to do is brock or bring attention to, you know, which which sucks. Our culture is going in a crazy direction. I was just talking to somebody the other day. I was like, man, can you imagine what this world is going to look like when we're like the 60, 70, 80 year olds, like tattooed up? Like, are they going to have clubs for 70 year olds? <laughs> like, I'm serious because people don't want to let go. I don't know what changing my life looks like. So I don't I don't know what purpose and finding myself looks like. We still got people going to the club to celebrate what? Not to say we can't go to the club, do your thing. But are you going through the necessary steps to make your life worth celebrating? Or are we just using that to cover up something that we were supposed to be doing? In a real way, I've, I've spent so much time doing so many other things that I felt were good for me that really weren't even dating. I wasn't ready. Like I needed to spend more time of figuring out who I am because once I figure that out, I might not be dating that person, you know? Like that might not be who's for me. 
And if I don't ask the right questions, I didn't ask for so many things, right? We all have. We've asked for a certain type of person, right? Have them have this type of quality or this attribute. And when he come, you like shook, right? But he come with something else that you never asked for because we weren't detailed. I don't know. I could talk forever about this kind of stuff. This is what I, I, I try to help people like Wes with. We would talk all the time, like every morning about, okay, bro, what, what you going to do? What are you going to do to get out of this? What are you mentally going to do to be a better person? Like, why you feeling depressed? That's cool, but ain't nobody about to save you. What, what, what we about to do? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's so beautiful to see your friends, the people you associate yourself with, do things that are dope. I only associate myself with people that are doing things. If you're killing people, if you're killing your community, if you're talking negative, that's not in my circle, dog. You might be an awesome person, but I don't entertain that. Because I know how quickly just the slightest look over in a direction can grab your attention for 30 minutes, right? When you're supposed to be focused. We're talking about Wesley Hamilton, who was yeah. featured on this season's Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that was filmed here in Kansas City. Yeah, that was so dope. To see him where he is now, <laughs> where God is going to take him. The last time he was here, I told him, you know, you out of here, right? And when I say out of here, I don't mean out of Kansas City, but like his trajectory is crazy. He's out of here, like Facts. off the runway. He's Facts. up. Facts. <laughs> it's 10,000 feet in the air. Facts. It's climbing. Facts. And he's ready. Facts. I celebrate my dog every chance I get. And I, I know he's going to hear this and he's going to be laughing because he know the deal. I know Wes when he was walking. I know the straight face Wes, and it was real. And so to see him totally capitalize. I did a live video the other day, and um, I said, you know, like a car, you know, in order for that thing to start, you need a, no a little bit of negative and a little bit of positive in order for that car to start. And Wes just took a negative situation with a positive mindset and started his car. You know what I mean? Now he can go wherever he wants to. What do you want God to make happen for you? You know, they say if you take one step to God, he'll take two. I'm trying to take the two. He take one. Dog, you, you done gave me so much that I want to put in the work that the world I want to create just bless me with the opportunity to create it. Well, he says he wants to give us the desires of, of our, our heart. heart. He actually puts inside of you mm -hmm. what that desire is. Yeah. And then he'll actually give you mm. what that is. Mm. So mm -hmm. what is that? I believe that is being able to um, move within this platform I'm trying to build on a global scale. I definitely want to be a speaker on a uh, on a global scale. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. Uh, I know there's things that have to happen to me as far as fine-tuning my craft and continuing to allow life to happen to me. But I've done so many things as far as speaking is concerned that he's, he's let me know that it's going to happen. I see myself speaking to crowds of 10, 20, 30,000. I see that, but before I had that 10,000, I needed a classroom of 10. We got so many dope people of color here that it, it just blows my mind. I've traveled so many places, New York, L.A., Miami, we have some of the most talented people here. I see myself making it in a New York easy. I see myself making it in a L.A. easy. I see myself making it in a Dallas easy. Here, you, you got to be of a different cloth, really, to get the respect of Kansas City, honestly. Uh, you know how they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I think if you can make it here, <laughs> you don't really have no problems everywhere else because... KC is, we sensitive. 
if somebody is willing to get behind you and support you, that means they really support what you do because there's so many people that feel like they don't get clout or appreciation or support. Oh my God. Thank you, God. I've had so many situations because I've said nobody messes with me that I walk into a room and because nobody talks to me, somehow in my mind, I transmute that into confirmation when that's totally not true. On the other end of things, somebody could be like, dog, the look on your face. I, th I thought you was mad. I, th I thought something was going on. I, I didn't know we could give off energy just because we said, I don't, I don't like people. Okay, well then don't get mad if you walk into a room and no one talks to you, right? What kind of things are we telling ourselves? Are we trying to defend ourselves from something? I hear so many times, I don't like people, but then you do things to show that you want people around you. You do things to show that you want love. So do we have to begin with us? People don't understand the confusing energy that mm -mm. that makes. Mm -mm. They, don't. they don't. The universe is gonna give you exactly what you giving your that energy which you to. say yes i have these reminders that yeah. come up on my phone throughout the day to counteract exactly what you're talking about because i experienced those same things mm -hmm. as a young person not feeling connected to things mm -hmm. this comes up at 9 15 every day i'm worthy of love happiness abundance loving and supportive relationships mm. and awesome memories mm. when that comes up mm. i read it's that out loud absolute I am Absolutely. successful and profitable opportunities are presented to me often. That Absolute. comes up at 12.05 every day. Absolute. That inspires me. I'm standing boldly in worthiness and mm -hmm. I am not afraid to speak my truth and my mind mm -hmm. on anything. Mm -hmm. When I get on that radio every day, mm -hmm. I have to speak what mm -hmm. it is, no matter what the consequences are. Absolutely. Because I put that Absolutely. out for myself. And, and there that, was a time in my goes, life I didn't do that. Shay, I love I this a, conversation. I had a stutter yeah. as a kid. So what that made me do is withdraw because mm -hmm. when I would speak, people would tease me. I can remember when I did this thing with this company out in California and and I made courses for them and it reached like 20 countries. I made this company $1.3 million. I was the only person on their, uh, in their business platform as far as the courses go. And as soon as they made that money, they closed the business and disappeared. In hindsight now, I know that happened. I didn't know how to define my own world. Again, I didn't know how to define my own. So I thought I could use some cheat codes, be like, man, I can get some popularity, right? I can do do my thing. I already know a little bit. I can do that, use what I know in my courses, make my cheese, get some popularity, and I ain't got to do the work on my core. God has blessed me with the opportunity where that fell through because he could have blessed me with it going great. And I could have been having six figures and living nice, but I would have totally ignored my core. It would have been a done deal. But because it didn't work out and then I got asked that question, I understand that it was because God was looking out for me. Before I put you in a place of true leadership, I'm blessing you with the knowledge and the life experiences. But you trying to jump the gun and cheat the system. You trying to cheat the process. You've already heard to fall in love with the process. You trying to jump the gun and trying to get the success without working on your core. Ryan, where's the book? Where's the TED Talk? I want to do a TED Talk so bad. God is stretching me. My mentor, like I'm talking to him all the time. He's he's fine tuning me, getting me prepared to start doing speeches because, you know, I do my thing and I do my spontaneous speaking here and there. Well, actually all the time. But to get it to a place where you're speaking on a large scale, you got to come with it packaged correctly. And so I'm studying comedians. They are the best storytellers. And so I'm studying Richard Pryor, Bernie Mac and Eddie Murphy.
Those are my three. Can I challenge you that you have whatever you need now? You think? Mm-hmm. You think? Yep. A guy told me, I went out the other day, he told me, he was like, bro, I feel like you holding yourself back, dog. You are, because if you're waiting for the perfect time, it never shows up. And I know that. There and is I, no perfect time. That. You I won't have that. enough knowledge. I know you can't really test a parachute. You kind of just got to jump out you the gotta plane. You got to jump out and see if and that thing, thing works. Yeah, you're, right. you're so right. And that's you. That's 1,000% facts. And I, and I say that to people all the time because I, in order for me to actually be in this position of speaking, I did that. Uh, I was doing concrete. I had my own business. I was partnered with a, a million-dollar asphalt company. And um, when God gave me the vision that I was supposed to be speaking, Shay, I gave all of my tools away, all of them, like – Everything that was the essence of what made me into who I was. You got to burn the bridge. You can't go back. But check this out. (laughs) But check this out, Shay. Four to five years, I did nothing but speak. Mm -hmm. Right. And it wasn't like I was paid tremendous. I was still going through single father issues, struggling, like lights being turned off sometimes, gas being off. Uh, going through the wintertime with your gas off and there's no difference in how cold it is outside and in your house and I can't go to sleep but my child got all the covers so she can stay warm and go to sleep. I done been through that. And so it got to a point where God then gave me another vision of, are you ready to do concrete again? I was pissed. Like this just happened to me, Shay. I was pissed. I was like, dog, no, come on, dog. I, I just spoke at a school for three years I got child support taken out of my check and I'm, I got full custody, right? I ain't getting paid nothing from this school for real, for real. Uh, Like I'm thinking you're preparing me for my next step after this. Every day I'm speaking to kids. I'm learning my craft. I'm getting better. I'm testing this, testing that. He's like, all right, the school is closing. So you ready to go back to concrete? I'm like, what dog? Can I do something else? He's like, you ready to go back to concrete? And not only go back to concrete, but are you ready to go back with your old mentor? I'm like, God, for real? He like, yeah. That's why I'm asking you to go. Will you be obedient? Will you be obedient to the purpose? And sometimes that is uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't understand what the end is going to be. And as humans we want to see every step. We don't want to go blindly into the night without (laughs) a spotlight. It's it's funny that you are saying this situation. I had overcome my stutter, went to college, decided Mm -hmm. I wanted to do radio. Got my first job at a radio station in Buffalo, New York. I was number one with a 23 share, which is like crazy. That means 23% of the city was listening Listening to me when I was on the radio, which is wild numbers. We got a new man. He moved from Flint, Michigan, a new boss. Mm -hmm. and He wanted his people in that he trusted. Mm -hmm. So when my contract was up, they let me go. Mm-hmm. And so my arrogance was like, Psh, I have another job in no time. Yeah. 16 months later, <laughs> I'm still out of work in radio mm-hmm. and I'm working at Blue Cross Blue Shield mm-hmm. as an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And I had an attitude about it. I was mad. I'm like, I've sat here with. Jay-Z and I've sat here Mm. with all of these folks and I've had this life and where is it now? Mm -hmm. And one of my good friends, she's a minister. She called me on the phone and said, be a good steward over that job because if God can bless you with this and you respect it, treat it the way it needs to be treated, (laughs) then he'll elevate you. But if you can't do this, he's not going to give you that. And before then I used to show up late Mm. Whatever. I said, mm. I got to be a good steward over mm-hmm. this job. Mm-hmm. 
I showed up 30 minutes early every day. I got there before my boss got there. She didn't show up till about 11 o'clock every day. That's why I was mm -hmm. late before nobody knew. I said, I've got to be responsible for what it is that I am mm -hmm. supposed to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. Nobody has to stand over me. Mm -hmm. I know this job starts at eight. Mm -hmm. Why are you showing up at nine o'clock? Be a good steward over that job. And then the second thing that I learned was I do the job of an administrative assistant. I am not an administrative, administrative assistant. assistant. And once I got that fully inside of me, mm. I could go right now mm. and go do the job of an administrative assistant because Facts. that's what I need to feed myself. Facts. But that does not make me Facts. an administrative assistant. Facts. That's why I'm okay with doing concrete now. If this was last year and that what you just said, that blessed my soul because that that's confirmation for me that I'm that I'm good, right? And and so I know if this was last year, I'd be pissed. You know, I wouldn't know how to handle it. But because I was asked, you know, what's in my world? Now I'm in the essence of living on my terms. Because if I didn't know how to, I'd be living on somebody else's. You'd be living on blue cloths, blue shields in their world, on their terms. But because you decided to make yourself more accountable, then you decided to live on your terms. Then that's where power comes in to be able to manifest and create opportunities to get out of that situation because you were willing to... Man, look. Not even three months look, later. I know. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Because it's all about what are you willing to do and be disciplined to it and make up your mind. Once you made the decision, it was a done deal. There's nothing more powerful than a made up mind. Let's say somebody wants to get you to come speak right now. Yeah. How can they get in touch with you, Ryan? You can reach out to me, RyanSHarveyInspired.com. Uh, my Facebook is RyanSHarvey. My Instagram is RyanSHarveyTheGreat. And reach out to me. Ryan, thank you. For sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish you well, brother. There's so many people who need what you're saying, mm -hmm. not only in this city but in this country and in this world. We could be so much further along as a species, just a Thanks. human race, Thanks. if we spend more time thinking about ourselves instead Thanks. of looking at other people. A thousand percent. You'll never know Other people, places, things that you see ah, You'll never know Other people, places, things